This is the Evangelical Church of Bermuda's weekly sermon podcast. Thank you for joining us. Here is this week's sermon. Our scripture reading can be found in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. I'll give you just a moment to find that in your Bible or pull it up on your device. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live For the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you, but they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word. Let us pray. Father, you know that there are many of your children who are suffering this morning. And they would love to be with their local church family, but are are unable. And Father, thank you that not only our hearts go out to them, but yours does even more so. Uh, Father, for those who are able to, to tune in, Uh, via the internet. Thank you for that um, possibility. And and for those who can't, Lord, may they receive uh, a blessing that can only come through you. Encourage them and strengthen them and help them to know that our Lord knows exactly what they're going through. Thank you that he has been through everything yet without sin. Father, I think of those who are suffering internally, spiritually. 
Father, there are, there are many valleys that happen in life. And so, Father, help them to know that you are not just the God of the mountain, but you are the God of the valley as well. And you lead each one through the valley with your staff. And I pray that, Father, they would know that there is a mini-resurrection coming in their life. Help them to continually turn back to you, Lord Jesus. Help them to continually trust you through those difficult times that they're going through right now. And Father, I pray, I pray for these empty seats in our auditorium. Father, would you, would you fill each one with someone who needs the gospel of Jesus Christ in their life? Father, there are many who are religious in our country. Many are under the delusion that they are going to be in heaven one day, but they will hear those words, depart from me, I never knew you. Father, help us to have hearts for the lost. Help us to want that as our inheritance, that the lost would be found. Father, help us to do the uncomfortable thing, maybe of just inviting someone to church. And then reaching out in ways that show the love of Christ so that they see that this is real. This, this transcends just something that happens on a Sunday. But it's something that changes a life and gives it great purpose and meaning. Uh, Father, would you, would you spark a revival? And may it start in our hearts, we pray. Father, thank you for our missionaries, uh, not only around the globe, but right here in our country. We give thanks for, uh, for their gospel work, and would you continue to provide for their needs? Would you protect their families, Lord? And, and Lord, as they, as they continue to minister, would you, would you help to uh, show yourself faithful time and time again, Father? We're grateful for them that we can partner with each one. Father, bless the, ex the exposition of your word this morning. Thank you for your servant who will bring it. We are grateful. We are thankful in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I'd like to welcome um, one of our longtime missionaries. Uh, to the platform. His name is Mark Hall, and many of you know him quite well, but he might be a stranger to some of you. Uh, and so Mark Hall is the, the director of Word of Life uh, Bermuda and the, and the Caribbean as well, and he's been serving, oh my goodness, it's got to be over 30 years, right? <laughs> close to 30 years, okay. I'm, I was pushing it there, all right? Uh, close to 30 years, and so I'm, I'm thankful for his, his faithfulness and, and how he handles the word, and I'm looking forward to it. And so please give him a welcome as he comes up this morning. Well, good morning. It's good to see you all, and uh, good to be back with you here at Evangelical. Um, traveling to a different church on a Sunday is like going on a field trip for me. It's kind of neat, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be with you and share God's Word with you. So today we're going to do a message called Time Check, and this was from my own devotions, just 
uh, you're hearing all the stuff you're hearing on the news, and it gets a bit overwhelming, doesn't it? Um, there's wars everywhere, it seems, at least the way it's reported. And uh, I got to thinking as I was doing my devotions that it's just time for a time check. Uh, what does this mean? Lots of people are asking, so the war with Hamas and Israel, does this mean something's getting ready to happen? Uh, and uh, listening to an a interview with Joe Rosenberg, a Jewish uh, evangelical scholar, he said, no, everything's not quite in place for Ezekiel 38 to happen, for all the future events to roll out. There are a few more things that come into place, but there are some things that this controversy does help us to see. The focus of all military conflict is one little strip of land. Why is that? It's not even a nice piece. How many have been to the Holy Land? How many of you remember the rocks? It's tons of rocks everywhere in that place. It's a really, really dry place because uh, we should send them some of our rain. Um, because that is God's judgment on the nation for right now. But boy, when the rains come and God brings that place to bloom, as he promised he will in prophecy, it is going to be the strip of land that is the focal point. And right now it is the focal point. So that's one of the time check pieces that he said. The focus is right there. If you're wondering what people's motives are, for some reason it all comes down to the Jews being in the promised land. And I just want to ask you a question, unless you get mixed up in politics. Who gave the land to the Jews? Let me ask you to say that one more time, unless you get mixed up that he might not have been on CNN this week. <laughs> Who gave the land to the Jews? You see, that's the issue. It's not whether it's cruel or not cruel. It's because it's a God rule. And the Jews have been there since... Every time the Jews were placed there, there was somebody there. Every single time. Um, but God has determined that that is the piece of land. And I'm not trying to be political, nor am I being anti-Palestinian Arabs. I'm not. People are loved by the Lord, and he wants everyone to come to know who the Savior is. Um, but as you listen to the conflict, you have to begin to wonder, What's going on? What does this mean? I was also reminded by the fact that we've forgotten about the other war that's going on between Russia and Ukraine. And that's significant, too, because the northern uh, enemy of the Jews that isn't clearly defined in Scripture is still making some headways and doing some things in Ukraine. This is a little story that I came across this week. Just to let you know, it's still happening this week, okay? Not like, it's going on right now. This is a Russian artist who decided to uh, put some Stop the War in Ukraine stickers in Russia in the grocery store. She stuck them on the, the products in the grocery store trying to get her message across. And she was just sentenced to seven years in prison for doing that in St. Petersburg, Russia. Uh, the Russians just invaded, I don't know how to say this word right, I'm going to mess it up, I know, but Selidov, Selidov, maybe, or maybe it's Selidov in Ukraine, just bombed, four more people killed, found under the rubble. It's still going on in the Ukraine, even though the Hamas-Israeli conflict 
dominates the news. Um, and this is not to be a political message, but it's to be a biblical message. And I want you to realize that the passage we read today is for those who are living in the end of the age. Okay, so I'm going to read this verse again so you understand we didn't randomly pick this passage and then start talking about events in the media. But the end of all things is at hand, verse 7 of our passage today. The end of all things is at hand. So when Peter's writing this passage of scripture, he's realizing that the end is close. Uh, Sorry, that's the picture of the uh, city that just got bombed last week. So this is time for a time check for us because Peter, and it's interesting, the, 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 the third chapter of uh, 2 Peter tells us that in the last days, people are going to mock Christians who say the Lord is coming back. They're going to say, oh, everything's been going on like it. You people still waiting for Jesus to come back? You're a bunch of fools. That's what it says it's going to be like at the end of the age. You still think he's coming back? I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. In fact, that's significant because when Peter writes this, he actually thinks the Lord's coming back in his time. This is Peter writing. He's writing. He said, the end of the age is at hand. It's close. Do you know that God has designed for the local church of believers to always live like they're in the last days? Always. That's why the eminent return of Christ has to be eminent because it's the characteristic of the church that we're expecting the Lord any time. The world looks at us and says, you bunch of fools, you've been thinking that for thousands of years and he still hasn't come. That's what 2 Peter says they're going to say about us. But it's true. When the Lord returns, he's going to surprise everyone at how quickly it happens. And the challenge for us as believers is, time check, will he find you waiting or will he find you distracted when he comes? He's coming. I always like to think it should be this Thursday. And I say that every, every week. I say it could be this Thursday. I don't know why I picked Thursday, but I just try to shock myself. <laughs> say the Lord could come this Thursday. What would I change if he was coming this Thursday? And that's exactly what Peter's trying to get us to see as, he looks, as we look at this passage today. So first of all, we're going to look at this passage and look at what does Peter say we should do? You would think that Peter's going to talk about the end of the age, and he would say, don't take out a mortgage right now. Or if you were thinking about selling something, go ahead and sell it, because you're not going to need it in a couple of weeks. But he doesn't say any of those things. He doesn't say, pack your bags, get ready to go. It's interesting to see what he says. And we're going to look at five things that Peter says that we should do because we're living right at the end. First one, ready? Time check. Be ready to suffer, living for the will of God, even if you're considered strange. Have you seen the need for that growing in our society? I have for sure. Be ready to suffer and be considered strange. That's what comes up in the first six verses. It says, therefore, as Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with this same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. 
We have to have the same mind that Christ has. We are going to suffer. Jesus says, if they hated me, they're going to, how does it finish? They're going to hate you. But we live in a Western world where we're trying to make everybody like us. That's going to become increasingly difficult. They're going to hate you because of who you believe in and what you stand for. You go, I don't want that kind of life. Well, then you don't want a Christian life. Because the Christian life is one where you're going to be persecuted. They that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, not necessarily having your house bombed, maybe, although that's not ruled out. But certainly being ridiculed for what you believe. Being pressured to change your opinion. Don't say who his name is. Don't use the name Jesus. Water it down. You're going to constantly have pressure like that. Be ready to suffer as we get closer to the end of the age. Living for the will of God and to be willing to be considered to be strange. And Paul read the passage for us. In regards to these things, verse 4, they think it's strange that you don't run with them in the same flood of debauchery or dissipation, whatever your version has. They speak evil of you. What? You don't do that anymore? Well, you're too good for us? We have an opportunity to be an influence to all of our old friends that we used to have, who still we have an influence in their life. But the way that you influence them for the glory of God is you don't go join them doing the things you used to do. You simply explain why you don't do them anymore. There's a greater love in your heart. There's somebody who's taken the place of what those things used to do, and you don't have an appetite for it anymore. And they may call you names. I know I call people names before I was living for the Lord, but they were convicting me like crazy, which was why I was calling them names. So don't be put off by people saying things about you. It's supposed to happen. They're supposed to question us, and that's one of the characteristics of living at the end of the age. Number two characteristic that Peter says back to verse 7 the end of all things is at hand, therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. I love this. I call this pray with your eyes open. Some people do that. As long as you cannot stay, not get distracted. The point here isn't necessarily just pray with your eyes open, but pray with expectation that prayer changes things. When you're talking to God, you've got to pray in such a way that God, you believe God answers, God moves things, God's prayer changes the outcome, people's lives are transformed when you pray, God intervenes when you pray, evil intentions are thwarted when you pray, so please be serious and watchful when you pray. Still, the smallest service in our church is the Prayer meeting. We don't believe the power of prayer. I'm telling you, five seconds in heaven, you're going to go, wow, prayer was doing all that? Should have went to prayer meeting. And I should have prayed more on my own. Peter says, because we're close to the end, I want you to be serious about praying. And I want you to be serious in being watchful when you pray. You know, prayer doesn't make a lick of sense if you don't believe it accomplishes anything. I say this to myself, talking to my bedspread doesn't accomplish much. 
as I kneel by my bedside. But if there's a God, I'm not talking to my bedspread. I'm talking to the God of all creation who hears and takes the prayers that I give him and in the pictures of heaven treats them like incense before the presence of the Lord. It's what he breathes in and smells the prayers of his saints. That's believing prayer. That's what Peter wants us to have because we're close to the end. How are you praying lately? Peter says, because we're at the end of the age, we got to be serious and watchful in our prayers. We need to be talking to God more than listening to the news. Has the news depressed anybody lately? Have you just turned it off? Can't stand it anymore, right? Just make sure that the influence of my time with God is more of the fragrance that guides my day than what's on CNN today or any news. Make sure I'm spending time with him. We're close to the end, folks. Christians have to make sure they're serious and watchful in their prayer life. The latest headline news should not be more influential over my day than what God spoke to me about just this morning, the things he reminded me about and brought to my mind as I was alone with him. That should carry through my day because that's the answer even to the stuff that's happening on the news. Number three. Be fervent in love. Look at verse 8. Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Now, wait a minute. Peter is talking about what do you do to get ready because we're living in the end, and he's saying pray with seriousness, be ready to suffer, pray with seriousness, and love one another. That kind of sounds weird, like just like a happy feeling thing instead of, uh, hello, did I... Misunderstand you? Did you say the world is coming to an end soon? Yes. So what should I do? Make sure you take time to love each other. In context, that would be loving the Christians. Making time for them. As I meditated on this, I was sorely convicted. It's interesting to see a tendency in my own life, and one that I see too often in all of us as believers, that we take for granted the people that we love, say we love the most, and depend on the most, we take them for granted. There are people in your life that do almost everything for you. When was the last time you said, I love you? You see, we say, I love you, or we're gracious to strangers, and we're making sure that everybody, but it's the people that we depend on the most. I was convicted how many times I've told my staff I love them. My wife, how much time have I? Yeah, I tell my wife, you know, I love you, kind of like the I love you by kind of thing. But I, I don't mean that. I mean just really saying thank you, God, for the people that are in my life. Here we go. Thank you, God, for the people that are in my church. Thank you, God. And then taking the time to pour that love out on them. I'm a visitor. So I come and I expect a lot of you, not that I have the expectation, but a lot of you will say, hey, welcome to our church. Uh, you know, hurry up and shut up because we've got to have a, a AGM after this. Um, but it's good to see you and you'll talk to me. But the idea that Peter is after is have fervent love for one another. For the people that you sit next to every week. Take the time to express your love for the people that you depend on most. He said in a bunch of places, I put some other scriptures on there, we always use this Hebrews 10, 24 as the come to church verse. 
But that's not really what it's saying. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but all the more as you see the day approaching, exhorting each other and encouraging each other. Get in each other's life. The closer we get to the end, the more you're going to have to do that. First, 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, In the last days, people are going to be self-lovers. You know anybody self-loving? Yeah, the whole world's gone self-love crazy. This is supposed to be a place where when people walk in here, they're just blown away by how much we care for each other. And it invites them to come back in. And I don't mean just being nice to the people who can be nice back to you or somebody who you hope will, but just being loving to each other. Let the love of Christ rule in here. Hebrews 13, 13, 34 says, Christ said, by this shall everybody know you're my disciples by the way you love each other. This is serious? This is what you want us to talk about when we're getting ready for the end? It's almost like we're not living like it's the end. No, this is what I want you doing at the end. I want the Lord to come and find you loving on each other so strong that I can draw the world to your fellowship. Paul talked about the empty seats. You want to fill them up? Let's love each other. Seriously, go out of your way to do that. And the next one's almost like it. It says, verse 9, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. That's a great, let's skip the last word for right now, but just be, be hospitable to each other. So who do we invite over? Hmm. I got convicted. I'm so busy, I haven't invited anybody over for a long time. But I'm doing God's work. God says, I want you to take the time to love people. I want you to take the time to invite people in. Take the time to spend time with people as you get close to the end. Be hospitable to one another without Grumbling, ooh, that's a word. Don't want to talk about it. Where do people grumble the most about other people? In church. We grumble, we talk, we talk about each other, and this is the place where we're supposed to be loving on each other. So the devil's laughing, and we're going to stop all that, right? Because we're getting ready because the Lord's coming back. I'm going to flip this thing on its head. I'm going to love everybody in here. I'm going to get to meet people that I don't know. I'm going to be engaged, and I'm really going to listen when someone's talking to me because I want the love of Christ to pour out of me over everybody here, and we will create a contagiousness that the world will want to be a part of. That's what you do because it's a time check time. It's close to the end. we got to get this right. Don't panic. I'm coming to the end. The last one, use your gift for one another with God-given ability. I'm going to read the passage. Each of you has received the gift. Minister it to one another. Not, it doesn't say minister it. You have to be on the stage to minister it. It says minister it to one another with, um, I lost my place. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Speak like God speaking. 
If anyone serves, let him do it with the ability that God gives and supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The time is close at hand. The Lord could come Thursday. How should I live today in the AGM, the rest of today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if the Lord was coming on Thursday? Be ready to suffer. Be ready to be different. Realize people aren't going to understand me. Okay? Love. Genuinely love the people that God's given here me to love. Be hospitable. Take the opportunity. Ask yourself as a couple, like, okay, who can we have over? Who can we spend some time with? Let's do this. If we're all so busy that we never do this, then we're not doing what the Lord wants us to be doing before he returns. And the last one is use your gift for his glory. I know in every AGM there's going to be needs that are going to come up. We need people to do this or that or this or that. Let me ask you a question. What are you doing? You've got a gift from God. Jump in with both feet. Make this a place where there's love and there's action. It doesn't mean you have to be crazy busy so that you don't have any time for anything else. This is God we're talking about. He wants you to use the gift he's given you right here to be a blessing to the other people here in this church. Time check. The Lord could come Thursday. Let's make this the best Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday we've ever lived by putting simple things in place that Peter wants us to be aware of. And you won't have to worry. It'll be almost like Acts. And the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. Why? Because they were just doing the stuff. Let's pray. Jesus, it's amazing. When... I read your word and I think I know what's going to follow like I would have expected Peter to say, the end is near. Don't take out a mortgage. But he said, the end is near. Get ready to suffer. Don't, think, don't worry about being considered strange. Pray with expectation. Love each other like you have loved us. Be hospitable and use our gifts to serve each other in the body of Christ. God, we all try to manage our lives and think we know how to do time management just so, so well, but the truth is we all don't know how to do it and we're all struggling to keep up. But God, I pray that you would help us to think about Peter's advice in the last days. That we would be careful to be doing the things that we're supposed to be doing. And watch you use our churches for the glory of God to impact a world just days before the Lord returns. That we're doing the things we should in order for more people to come to know who you are. Oh, God, make us your people. Purify our motives. Help us to get things right in our life 
and do the simple yet powerful things that we should be doing. And we thank you for giving us this insight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, check out our website at ecb.bm. Join us again next week for our next podcast.